Thank you for joining us for another episode. Nope. Nope. No. I want to go again. It's over. Also, we're totally keeping that in. Welcome to another night of Dungeons and Dragons. I am, as always, your host and Dungeon Master, Kenny. I have with me my entire party of six tonight, starting with, uh, but in no particular order, a shout out to Critical Wick. For all your Dungeons and Dragons and soy candle based needs, there's a die made of metal at the bottom of every one. It's worth your money. Go to criticalwick.com and buy some candles. They're awesome. So, our party is a fighter. Hey, I'm Nalos, your Triton fighter. A rogue. Hi, I'm Leonara, played by Elise. A bard. Hi, I'm Vala, the Asimar bard, played a, by Lauren. A warlock. Hi, it's Cody, uh, Necro, playing the warlock. A druid. Hey, I'm Crack, the Arakoa druid. And a barbarian. I am Pahokwi, the Yak Folk Barbarian. When we last left off with our adventurous party, uh, who actually still, I don't believe, really know each other, and they may have bumped shoulders in the Festival of Skill preamble events that happened today, but they're all sitting down at a relatively huge-sized table in a large feasting hall where they have just been introduced that to their host, Chet, a very uh, somewhat luxuriously robed um, humanoid. Uh, I don't think I actually raced this person yet, so let's just say that they're human. Uh, and uh, he has welcomed you to his feast, and thank you for coming to the events before the Festival of Skills actually begins, um, since it starts tomorrow, and uh, has found himself furtherly impressed with the large quantity of people that he has deemed uh, acceptable and impressed his uh, teachers and, and uh, the people that you guys took the tests in. So he welcomes you to the feast. It's a very lovely spread of uh, quite a variety of, of different um, culinary arts on display. But uh, afterwards, you guys are, are invited to stay the night in the large barracks tent um, where there is a footlocker and a bed for each of you easily, and that you, after rising and shining with the sun, join in the tournament of skills, the first day of the Festival of Skills. And uh, should you be successful, you will be rewarded. But fear not, unless you die, which there is a possibility of, you will not be disqualified from being in my employ. So does any of or all or some of or none of the party do what? Eat. Um, nom, 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 nom. So we're uh, this is before the tournament actually like begins this like ready period. Yeah, you guys came to the festival a day early. True. And but uh, but still impressed some of the people there enough to <clears throat> sort of gesture that, hey, maybe we should keep an eye on these people. Alright, so does no one do anything wow. other than enjoy the feast and then go to bed at some point? Uh, I'm going to spend the night readying my, uh, I'm going to take care of my glaive and my javelin and shield and such. Okay. Uh, you find the the 
sort of in barracks tent, as it was put, to not be lacking. Um, I mean, it's not air-conditioned, obviously, or anything fancy, but uh, it is a pleasant stay. It's not the dirt, so it's nicer than that in terms of a place to sleep. And you have, like I said, a uh, footlocker to hide your belongings securely. Does anyone have any actions before the next day? No. No. Okay. Um, I mean, I kind of want to go skulk around and get a sense of where I'm at, but uh, now I can wait till the morning. Okay. So the morning comes with the sunrise and not too long afterwards, a blaring horn. Uh, as you all sort of rise and rouse yourselves, get yourself together, dressed for a day of what was called a tournament, so I assume you all are ready for a fight. Oh, wait, I have a question. Sure. Do they have beds for the larger sizes of us? You guys aren't even filling the largest beds in the barracks. <laughs> that honor goes to what is undeniably a hill giant, or maybe a half giant, that is over 12 feet tall that you saw come into the barracks at some point. I want to be his friend. Okay, do you approach the half-giant? Sure. He looks at you as he's sharpening his blade that's about as tall as you are and looks at you waiting as if, well, you came to talk to me. Yeah, well, I'm going to respond. I'm just going to speak in giant. Um, Morning. Are you ready for the festivities tomorrow? Uh, this is the next morning. So this is the tournament day. I'm, I'm sorry. My mic must have broken up there. What? No, I couldn't hear that either. Oh. Sorry. Maybe this will help. So he... This is all happening the night before? Like, you tried to talk to this half-giant before you guys went to bed? Um, I'm not going to, like, wait till the morning. Okay. You know, we wake up and see sharpening is sword in the morning? Yeah. Okay. So, he, uh, looks at you and sort of stands up, awkwardly sheathing his sword in a tent that's not more than 30 feet tall, which... Therefore, to sheath like a 10-foot sword when you're already 12... He's trying to not poke a hole in the tent as he does this. And he sort of looks at you down down at you in common and says, I don't speak the fa- the language of my father, and just leaves. Oh, well, sorry, bud. We all have tragic backstories, too. Some of you don't. <laughs> all right, then. Uh, to the tournament. So, you guys are, uh, again, like I said, sort of roused by the horn and brought out uh, by the encouragement of some of the people that work there, for lack of a better term, and point you towards a large, 100-foot-wide, open-circle arena with uh, stands lined with uh, people. Um and there is just... Do you guys remember the showman that you met at the beginning of the Festival of Skills who sort of I- introduced you all to the sites? He's oh, yeah. he's standing there on a, a relatively small box, about his size, really. So really, a, quite literally, a soapbox for him to project off of. 
So you all come into the arena and are sort of motioned with hand gestures like one to the left, one to the right, one to the left, one to the right. And so you end up lining this circular arena with your with your bodies, you and the other, you know, ten odd adventurers. Um and so as you all are sort of lining up, you can see the other people are a little nervous. I mean some of you might even be. Uh and you hear whispers in common. Give me what's your passive perceptions? Uh, 12, 14, okay. 15, 10, 9. All right. Everything nine. with everyone with 13, 13 or higher, you all hear whispers. Are we going to have to fight each other? Are they trying to thin our numbers out? And you see, and everyone at this point can start to see a couple of people started drawing their weapons if they weren't already drawn and looking around ready to potentially have to scrap with the people that are five to ten feet away from them. Uh, you notice that the half-giant is not amongst these people. Uh, so then the the halfling, I believe I, I dubbed him, um, standing on the soapbox sort of, <clears throat> sort of rubs on his solar plexus and then projects loudly to the crowd and says... Welcome, one and all, for the testament and tournaments of skill. I welcome you to a wonderful sight, the likes of which will leave your mundane eyes blind. For standing underneath me is a beast, even maybe a few, that you've never seen, and intentionally, I might add, they pride themselves on not being seen. But for today's tournament of skill and clash of claw and sword... I show you our competitors. And he sort of gestures to the lot of you. And he says, and against them, the competition. And he sort of grabs the, the box as if it was made out of cloth, like it was like a small kennel cage that he had wrapped a cloth over. But it is definitely a crate. And he sort of rips it off and revealing it is an illusion. And in actuality, he's standing on top of a 10-foot tall, 15-foot long 10 foot wide cage with two well actually with nothing in it at all and so he says good luck and he sort of claps his hands and disappears in a ploof of smoke and the cages fall apart onto the ground uh, but everyone can immediately hear the sounds of growling and bestial noises Roll initiative. Roll initiative. Any more desk space? Don't don't blurt them out just yet. I'm not ready. Sorry. D20s. <laughs> so many dice, no D20s. It's crazy. All right. Buy more candles. <laughs> exactly. Critical <Exactly>. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, first up is Pahokui with what initiative? Uh, ten. 
Next is Karak. Uh, six. Then we have Necro. What's your initiative? You're still muted, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> we're uh, we're checking the room, correct? No, no, no. You're rolling initiative because you guys are entering combat without being aware of it. Oh, um, uh, initiative plus two. Oh, what's your roll? Roll a d20. Right, you gotta roll. Uh, 15. And, uh, Vala? Uh, 16. And Nala? Nara? Nara. Why don't you just call me by my full name, and which is Leonara? Because it's long and multiple right. syllables, I might just call you Leo. Leonara, what is it? What's your initiative? Leonara, what's your initiative? 21. And Nalos. Five. All right, so uh, was anyone's perception, passive perception, above fifteen? Mine was fifteen. Okay, that's it. So, uh, Karak, you actually see a series of three um, paw prints in the dirt, or six pa- uh, paw prints in the dirt. Um, walk up to you and you realize that what you're dealing with is something that is obviously invisible, but actually quite there. Um, okay. Uh, one of the other contestants gets sort of picked up and he sort of like drops his sword and goes to like grab around his rib cage. And you can see him trying to pull something off that's invisible, uh, but can't. So he grabs a belt knife and stabs it into his own ribs, revealing that he is being gripped up by a pair of tentacles stemming from the back of what can only be referred to as a, this basically imagine a, a Panther with uh, two extra legs and two squid-like tentacles sticking out of the back of its uh, shoulders. And, uh, yeah, so that's what's got this guy gripped up in the air. And then it's about that time that you hear him fall, see him fall to the ground, bleeding thoroughly. And uh, around then, another person, who is Nalos, uh, you you just feel like out of nowhere like you get hit by a truck um and are thrown 15 feet towards this like you feel something grab you and then throw you 15 feet into the center of the ring towards it not into it actually and you everybody no 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 just nalos just me okay uh and you take 5 points of damage uh, as you realize that you've been bitten by something that has a face the size of your torso. And there are the puncture wounds to back up that. <clears throat> All right. 
Leonara, you're up. Oof. Okay. Well, and can we see these, the the cat-like creatures? You can only see the one that has um, potentially killed one of the other contestants. Okay. Well, I'm going to use my speech of beasts and leaf and just say in... I don't really know how that works. Um, so say in feline... I guess just I know you're I know you're here and I'm going to ready my action action um, to just step at um, the thing if it like reappears in my line of vision I'm sorry I need you to be a little more specific because right now there are, as a meta knowledge, there are two beings in this arena, but your character has only seen one and it is still visible. Oh, gotcha. Okay, sorry. Um, okay, well, then I'm still going to use Speech of Beast just to say, you know, I'm going to look around and gesture and say, it's all of us against you. And, uh, that thing's really big. I guess I'm also really big. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna go run up and stabity stab at it. Okay. Um. Yeah, let's say you can reach it. That's fine. Um. All right, you get up to it and you try and stab it. Give me a stab roll. A seven or a one? Oh, good. That's a seven. Okay, that's not much better. That's an eleven. You that's not a five. You miss. You miss it. Um, Vala, you're up. All right. Um, I am going to cast sleep. Um, this creature send this spell sends creatures into a magical slumber. Um, it affects creatures within a range of twenty feet, but I don't think I actually need to see the creatures. Uh, right, but so you roll uh, an amount of dice, mm-hmm. and then it hit enemies in total up to that amount of hit points fall asleep, right? Yes. Um, uh, 5d8. don't know if you've actually put anything to slumber but you see um the one that was being attacked by the furbolg um mm-hmm. you see it sort of look to you and sort of drowsily fall over okay 
do anything else with your initiative? Um, I am going to uh, activate my um, Radiant Soul ability. Okay. Which lets me fly, and I'm going to be not on the ground. So you're just going to fly 30 feet in the air diagonally yeah. towards the center of the ring or just, like, vertically above you? Uh, just vertically. What, what, what is the ring surrounded by? Um, just bleachers worth full of people. Okay, um, I'm going to go probably to the middle center, I guess. So you're going to, like, fly up towards the center of the ring. Uh... Okay, I'm not like trying to trap you with anything. I'm just trying to make sure I okay. understand where you. Okay, I'm just. Going. I'll just go up. It doesn't matter. Okay, you just fly thirty feet off the ground. Yeah. Um, and does that do anything to the people near you? Um. I don't think so. All right. Um, uh, I would have gotten extra radiant damage if I'd done that before. Well, you probably wouldn't have done damage with sleep. Oh, okay. Well, then that's my turn. Okay. Uh, next is... Oh, shit. Yeah, cool. Um... Next is Necro. You're up. You were actually standing right next to the guy that got um, dealt with. So you're like right next to this this thing. And this thing, and so as far as we know, there's only one of it, and it's sleeping. Correct. Okay. Um. Well, I wish I could fly in the middle of the room, but all of us don't have that luxury. Um. Are you a bird? So I'm. I am a bird, but I can't fly. Oh, it's I, a source spot. I got no wings. <laughs> Oh, no. Um, well, my first instinct is we have this creature, creature sleeping. We don't know who the other one is. But I, my my feeling is that this creature that's sleeping still wants to hurt us in some way. It's a fair assessment. So, I do my bird thing and, and, and just, you know, hit this guy with uh, my Eldritch Blast. Okay. The sleeping giant. All right. And that, I'll grab my D8. Uh, I think this is it. And that is a... Shit. Is that a nine or a six? <laughs> the eternal question. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they both have dots. Uh, I believe it's a nine. Then... It's a plus two proficiency. Yeah, you get your casting stat and then proficiency mod. All right, okay. Uh, so that would be uh, 15. You hit it. So you loose an Eldritch Blast from your hand, and it slams into the area uh, that the sleeping beast lies. However, it seems to burst in its energy before it hits the sleeping beast. And almost as if... Uh, like a like a glitchy hologram from a sci-fi movie, the image of the sleeping giant sort of like tss, 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 and vanishes, revealing that it was never asleep, 
and it was standing up there next to an illusion of its sleeping self, and you just hit it with the blast, and so it turns its gaze to you. Jeez. Fuck. Uh, so well. it knows you're here. <laughs> well, it, well, it knows I'm here, so... Fucking come at me, bro. <laughs> okay, are you going to move or anything? Um, or are you just going to end your turn there? About ten feet away from this thing. Um, shit, no, I'm going to go... Let's say... Another twenty feet back. Away from the creature. Alright. As you sort of turn to run away, you see one of its tentacles lash at you. As, as if to say, no, 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 not that easy. <laughs> and it criticaled you. Oof. So you take nine damage. Okay. Uh, but you're able to, you're able to escape it. But it, it gave you quite the lashing. Yeah. <laughs> quite the lashing. Alright, it is now Pahokwi's turn. Alright. Um, am I close to the one that's visible in any fashion? Yeah, let's say that you could reach it with your move speed. Okay. Then uh, I'm going to move within uh, striking distance of my glaive with it, uh, which has reach. Right. Uh, so whatever distance that would be. Yeah, so you just stand, uh, you know, ten, 10 away. Yeah. All right. Or I guess there's like a and... five-foot gap between you and it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so I'm going to enrage. Right. And summon my ancestral protectors. Okay. So you guys have seen this yak folk pick up a boulder, and that was pretty impressive. But then you see him lose his cool and fucking visible, like, specters are sort of now hanging out around and behind him like a ghostly entourage. We're like entourage. Um, Alright, and uh, so with that, um, I'm going to make a glaive attack Okay. this uh, beast. Go for it. Twenty-one. Believe it or not, that's gonna hit. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me see. Oh man, I just realized I'm wearing my shirt inside out all day. <laughs> uh, that's gonna be for three damage. How much? Three. You rolled a one. Uh, yeah. That's a real bummer, buddy. Yeah, I know, right? Hey, at least I got my entourage. That's true. I mean, you he, he, he made this huge show. Uh, and then you swung and got him. <laughs> Just a little bit. At least I hit. So, hold on. I don't think that you can actually do that small amount of damage. Oh, wait. Yeah, you might be correct. Remember, enraging gives you a damage oh, buff. Um, so that would be five. Five damage. I thought so. Yeah. There's a very tiny print on this character sheet. 
All right, uh, let's see here. Next is Karak. Cool. Um, am I close by either of the people who have been hurt already? The people that have been hurt? Um, yeah, Nalos is within 20 feet of you on the ground going, Oh man, I wish there wasn't these large holes in my ribs. (laughs) Well, I'm going to yell at him to get up. You dumb fish man. What are you doing to get on the ground? Uh, healing word. Okay. Uh, so one, let's see. You get healed for six. All right. Yeah. Quick question. So I only took five damage. You do not overheal. Okay. I was hopeful. (laughs) Uh, um, I don't like being on the ground, so I'm going to start flying. Okay. You go 30 feet in the air. All right. You just leap up and fly 30 feet into the air. (laughs) Uh, However, as you do that, You feel a swing of wind lash at you, almost as if the ground itself was trying to keep you there and realize that those paw prints in the ground might actually be another one of these beasts and it just took a swing at you and almost got you. But hey, out of danger, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Unless it can jump. (laughs) Who knows, guys, right? Um, see, and there's still one visible somewhere. Yes, about probably 40, 50 feet away from you. All right. Well, I'm not going to do anything to that right now. Okay. I will. The healing word was a bonus action, so. Gotcha. Uh, I'm going to enhance my own ability and for Bear's Endurance to give myself 2d6 temporary hit points. All right. Because I don't want to die. Good call. It would be. It would just be bad showmanship, really. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I got. I got six temporary points. Right on. Uh, and that's that's everything I can do. Okay. So as that attack happened, its image sort of flickered. So Nalus, you actually, while getting yourself up off the ground, you can see the being that threw you as it's dripping with blood from the mouth, probably yours. Uh. And you saw the, the bird man fly into the air right in, on the other side of it. It is your initiative. What would you like to do? Um, about how far away am I from uh, this one that I can see? About 10, 15 feet away. Okay. Well, I'm just going to run up to it and take a stab at it with my trident. Okay, attack with disadvantage because you can't see it. Oh, that's a bummer. Uh, That is a 16 to hit. That'll hit. Cool. Your trident strikes true. And its image uh, solidifies and stays consistent after you strike it. Uh, Roll damage. Yes. Uh, that is 10. All right. Uh, that is a pretty solid blow to this thing. So a couple of the other contestants have either w- thrown spells 
or ran into the fray. Nalus, you're joined by a gnome wielding a pair of, of short swords and a dwarf who fancies a, a larger shield and a club. And the three of you have this thing surrounded uh, as it is as it sort of then receives a small like firebolt to its side. And you can see a wizard in the distance sort of providing supporting fire. The story's similar for the other guy, except uh, the two melee com- uh, fighters that join the fray, one of them sort of like stops mid-stride and sort of like sort of focuses on its body for a moment and then grows in size, grows 10 feet tall. And you, um, the Furbog, uh, Leonara, you recognize this as the half giant. <laughs> and he sort of draws his large sword and brings it down. And the being, uh, the, the beast sort of dodges away from it. Then you see that it would have been a lethal blow as his large sword sinks into the ground a few feet. Um, but it's, it's a melee on all sides. So, what then happens... Okay. The Displacer Beast that is in the battle with um, Leonara um, n- near Necro and the Half-Giant sort of leaps up onto the Half-Giant and takes him down like a deer. Um, his... And the, the half-giant immediately re-shrinks back in size and is presumably dead. No. Uh, during which its two tentacles lash one... Um, I'm trying to think of who else in the party was near this fight. Uh, me. I thought you were near the other one. No, no you... I was fighting the one that I could visibly see. That's right. It lashes at you with one of its ten- tendrils... Uh, to hit you with a 19. Yeah, that definitely hits. But deals you a uh, mediocre 3 damage. Oh no. Uh, Its other tentacle lashes up at the Azamar, but falls short in terms of reach. Um, You realize, uh, Vala, that you're only just out of this thing's reach. And if it leapt towards you, it could probably reach you. The other beast turns and focuses one of its, two of its claws, two of its four claws at Nalos. Um, I'm going to say that a six misses, but a 24 will hit. Definitely. And you take seven damage from the claw. It's two ten, ten, two tendrils, one attacking the gnome, one attacking the human or the the dwarf. The gnome is going to get critical and take lethal damage, and and the gnome falls to the ground. But the dwarf takes some damage, but is all right, uh, standing his ground. Uh, it is now Leonara's turn. Ooh, okay. So it's like right in front of me, right? Yeah, it's it's within five feet of you, and it is currently raking a half giant to death. Uh, I am going to, well, as I try to rapier it, I want to say a. I'm sure that there's some type of, like, traditional blessing in giant that I can say, as this half giant is being killed. Um. So even it's just a, like, 
rip have fun in heaven type prayer sure. or something. I'm just going to say that as I... 13, uh, 17 to hit. Uh, you'll hit it. Roll damage. Ooh. Uh, five piercing. Okay. And then I wish to just step back. Okay, doing so, moving through its threat range, it will take him an attack of opportunity. Its tendril will lash at you. Mm, nah, okay. I'll stay here. It, what? No. Fine. <laughs> you don't get to hear the ramifications <laughs> for your actions and then say, no, I'm not going to do that. So you get hit because the 25, I'm sure, will hit you. Yeah. And you will take nine damage. Ow. Fine. That's a rude lesson to learn. And then we have Vala, you're up. Um, what creatures are near the um panther things? Um, well, pretty much all of the contestants are near them. Okay. That makes things more difficult. All right. Um. I'm going to use uh, Vicious Mockery. Okay. Uh, it must succeed on a Wisdom saving throw. What's the DC? My spell save DC? Yeah. Is 13. It failed. Okay. So it gets 1d4 psychic damage. Plus the bonus radiant damage is six. Oh, actually, that's going to kill it. Oh, yeah. So the, dis- yeah. the, the displacer be sort of like lumbering, swaying side to side, sort of trying to shake its head through the pain. I insulted it to death. Yeah. Um, and just sort of falls to the side and it poofs as it was an illusion. What do you do with the rest of your turn? So that's one of them down. Right. We know that there's another one out there, right? Oh, yeah, you can see it. It's over there, and it just killed a gnome. Okay. Um, I'm not sure entirely how to use Bardic Inspiration, but it's a bonus action, so I can use it on my... It's still my turn. Yeah. Um, And I just... I believe you just select a person or, like, an entity within a certain reach, and then you just give them a die that they can use on an attack roll or a skill check. Okay. Um, what uh, person is closest to the other panther thing? Um, the dwarf is near it, but also the triton is standing right next to it. And about 30 feet above it is an Arakoa. All right, I will give the Bardic Inspiration to the Triton. Okay, and you're not next to it because the one that you're next to was just slain. Leonara, that was for your benefit. What's up? You kept saying that you're near it as well. You're not. The one that you're standing next to just got poofed. And it's 1d6. Okay, so 
Nalos, what that means is on an attack or a saving throw or a skill check, you can add that D6 to your D20 uh, as long as you declare that before I tell you if you hit or missed or succeed or failed. Gotcha. And speaking of which, it is Necro's initiative. Okay, so... All the creatures in the room are, are dead, or, or is there one still out of sight? There's still one. Uh, it's it's pretty far away from you, like 40 feet or so, but... Okay, um, then I'm going to cast my Sentinel Raven from my Raven Queen. Okay. And with that, um, Spirits assumes the form and game statistics of a Raven, always obeys your command, which can give you telepathically while it's in 100 feet of you. Um, is it not always with you? Yeah, it actually is always with me. So it's just been chilling and then just doing whatever the fuck it wanted. And I was just ignoring it, apparently. Well, hang on your shoulder, right? Yeah. Uh, so wait, yeah, so yeah, you can see through the raven's eyes and hear what it hears while it's within 100 feet of you. Correct. So, so do I have to roll just to be like, hey, go check 30 feet or 40 feet over that direction? I mean, what do you want it to do? Uh, I wanted to go uh, about 40 feet in front of me to, to check out the area to find this other monster. Oh, it's visible. Oh, it is visible. Okay. Um, it, it was invisible until the Triton sunk his Triton. Oh, okay, right. Okay, okay. Um, well, I like where uh, your head's at, though. That's good thinking. Yeah, thanks, man. Um. Well, this fuck is going to be a pain in our ass. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go send my raven to go uh, give it a little smack it in the face. All right, so you go and just command your raven to attack it? Yes. Do you know what a raven's stat block is? No idea. Okay. I'm a, I'm a, bad, I'm a bad crow. It's fine. I got it. Word, thanks. I'll write that down on my notebook. Okay, so you're going to have it perform a beak attack? Yes. Alright, so your raven flies over and go ahead and roll to hit. Uh, 19. That will hit it and deal um, one damage. Fuck yeah. Mm -hmm. What would you like to do with your action? Um, it's 40 feet ahead of me. Um, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to cast a spiritual weapon. has a range of 100 feet and attack the creature with spiritual weapon. Alright, go ahead and roll to hit with your spiritual weapon. Alright, let's see what we can do. Plus four, 16. That'll hit. Roll damage. Uh, seven. All right. Yeah, your weapon sink hits it true and, and definitely gives it a throttling. Fuck yeah. All right. That's been... Do you want to move? Uh, no, I'll end my turn there. Okay. And next we have... Pahokwi. 
All right. Uh, so how far away is this other one? Now like from 45, almost 50 feet away. Jesus. <laughs> uh, all right. So I'm going to move as... I'm going to move 30 feet towards it. Okay. So that's my full uh, movement. Uh, and um, can I throw a javelin at it? I don't see why you wouldn't. All right. Then I'm going to take one of my javelins off my back and give it a good tossing. All right. Remember your barbarian benefits for raging. Yep. All right. Go ahead. Fifteen. That'll hit. All right. Uh, six. Uh, seven. All right. With that, the beast is going to fall to its side and disappear, poof, as it was an illusion as well. <laughs> and with that, uh, a loud clap, single applause will ring above you and... Uh, from the, in the middle of the arena, the sort of showman again will appear and say, Well done and well fought. Uh, it's at this point you realize that all of your wounds are fake. Like, you definitely were thrown across the ring, Nalos. And you definitely felt that bite wound, but you're fine. In fact, everyone's fine by the look of it. Uh, and so that, like, the, hill, the half-giant sort of picks himself off the ground and sheathes his blade... And, you know, the gnome gets up off the ground. Everyone seems to be fine again. And uh, so the showman continues. But that was only one of our two fights for the day. I hope you have held your best for last and prepare yourselves. And so, again, he sort of claps his hands once very loudly. uh, And you sort of hear, like, the crowd sort of roar in cheers and excitement for your all's victory and then sort of turn into fear and nervousness as as he sort of claps his hands very loudly and disappears, a rupture in the ground begins to form. And uh, a sort of schism opens with fire gouting out of it. And out of it climbs that... Oh. Ugh. Except not that big and not that angry. It's a young red dragon. Would be pretty shitty of me to be like... Fuck it, you guys are level three, second session, ancient dragon, let's go. Shit. Uh, also, I uh, I cheered back at the crowd when they cheered. Naturally. Yeah. So, uh, Naturally also showman. cheers back at the crowd and does kisses with his with his hands on his beak. <laughs> give me a, you know what, give me a charisma check unmodified for that. <laughs> Both uh, just the raven. Just, just the raven. Just the, just the raven. Okay. Uh, what, do I, what do I roll for that again? Just just roll d d20 and add your charisma mod. Okay. Uh, 18. Um, apparently your charm strike true, and although you see a couple of people who are like, oh, this guy, you see one uh, person definitely swoon as you blow a kiss towards them. <laughs> 
so there's a dragon. Um, we're going to keep the same initiatives. And I'm just going to put a dragon on the initiative. Dragon. And it rolled that well. That is pretty good. Okay, so top of the initiative order, Leonara. Oof. You're fighting a dragon. Where is it? It's in the Where dead center of this fifty of this one hundred foot diameter arena. So it's in the middle, and it's fifty feet away from everything. Um. What do can I roll a knowledge thing just to know what I know about red dragons and their what makes them sure, give dragons me... compared to like green dragons and shit? Absolutely. Okay. What would that be? Um, I want to say that's a nature. Yeah. Okay. Fourteen. Okay, you know that red dragons mean fire, and uh, and that's probably what it breathes. That's probably what you shouldn't use against it, but that's as far as your knowledge goes. Okay. Well, good thing I have nothing fire related to use against it. Bad thing is I have nothing to. Stop me from getting hurt by fire. So, I am going to, I mean, I'm going to stab it. Okay, well. So, well, yeah, I'm just going to go up and stab it. You're going to walk up and stab this yeah, large-sized um, dragon. I movement, so I don't know if I can even get there. You would get there. Unless you're at the outer rim of the ring of this arena, you can reach this, this dragon. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll... I'll sneak a sneak up to him if I can. So I'll sneak attack first. Okay. Or uh, roll sneak. Or roll stealth first. Okay, you rolled a stealth. Oh, I rolled a one. Well, five. It definitely saw you try to tiptoe around it. <laughs> okay. And stabbing. That's better. Eighteen. Okay, that will... That will hit it. Good. Six piercing damage. Okay. Next is the dragon. Oh, um, it. it is going to sort of curve its neck back and blow a gout of flame at everyone in the air. So if you're flying right now, uh, roll a deck save. I have to roll a deck save too? You are flying. Uh, four. Eleven. All right, you both fail and take ten fire damage. Yikes. It is then going to beat its wing uh, at the furbolg. Uh, Furbolg, you just got criticaled for 13 damage. <laughs> that is half of my health right there. You're fighting a dragon. Well, a fake dragon, probably. Oh. Oh. Um, Maybe he's part of the Adventurer's Guild, and this is just Larry. Yeah. <laughs> okay, why you gotta talk shit about Larry? He just works here, man. <laughs> he wasn't even supposed to be here today. 
He can't help that he's a fucking dragon. <laughs> anyway, his tail is going to whip around and smack at the yak folk. Yak folk, I assume a 20 hits you. Yeah. You take 13 damage as well. Oh. And it's claws, lash, one at the triton warrior and the other one at the dwarf warrior, our fighters. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it um, knocks the dwarf unconscious. Um, and Nalos does an 18 hit you. Unfortunately. All right, you take 10 points of damage. All right, it is Vala's initiative. Uh, so? Um, first, I guess I'll move because I'm still in the air. Yeah, you just were re- recently cloaked in flames, but... You're flying. So I'm going to move my singed butt down onto the ground. Okay. Um, And my radiant soul thing only lasts for a minute. I'm not sure exactly how long we've been in combat. I think this is the third round of combat. It was a minute from when I started it. Like, is it third third round? Okay. So it's probably still fine. What I'm trying Um, to say is there's not been a substantial amount of time since the combat with the Displacer Beasts, and right now. So, let's say you have three more rounds of your Radiant form. Okay. Um, I'm going to try and use Hot Sleep again. But I'm going to cast it at second level. Okay, so you get extra dice. Yeah, you're asleep. Roll additional D8. All right. Four. Eleven. Thirteen. Eighteen. 20, 24, uh, uh, 27. Okay. Does it go to sleep? It does. Okay. So the large beast just sort of drowsily slumps to the ground. Unconscious. Okay. Is it um like prone at that point? Yes. Yeah. Alright, and then I will use my bonus action to give to I guess um whoever attacks next. In initiative order. Next person in initiative order is Necro. All right. Necro, you get a D6. So. Uh, attack. 
or damage? No. Attack, attack or skill. Skill or save. Or save. Okay. Dope. All right. Speaking of it, it's Necro's initiative. <laughs> like yeah, let's let's uh, let's get in this. Um, let's see. We've had a sleeping dragon in front of us. Yep. It's pretty close <sighs> to you too. Yeah. Tickle it. Tickle it. That's uh. Can I cuddle it? Do you want to walk up and cuddle this dragon that just throttled half the ben- half the people in the arena? No, I'm gonna go up and slit its throat. Um, let's see. Check my spells here. Be great if you cuddled it, and that's just all it really wanted. It was a little bit of affection, and that's how we win. All right. Well. I'm going to... So how, how close is this dragon to me? He says... 15 feet. 15 feet? Yeah. Uh, remember, you're still concentrating on your spiritual weapon, so you still have that at your disposal. Yeah. Now now that I have that still going, could I cast another spell on me and then attack with that? No. To, let me double check, but I'm pretty sure that to use the, the, the spiritual weapon to attack is an action. Okay. Oh, no, as a bonus action on your turn, you can move the weapon up to 20 feet and repeat the action. So, yeah, you can cast okay. another spell and then attack with the spirit weapon. Okay, cool. So, um, I'm going to cast a uh, first little spell called uh, False Life, which is a, like a bonus spell I get from the Raven Queen. Yeah. Um, bolstering myself with ne- necromantic... Plus simile of life, you gain 1d4 plus temporary hit points for the dish, uh, duration. Right, so you, you so you cast False Life on yourself and you gain 1d4 plus your Charisma mod in temporary hit points. Yes, so that'll be... Don't check my Charisma mods. So that'll be 4, 1d4 plus 2. I don't care if I d4... So, roll to one, plus two is three. Okay. And then I'm going to attack with my spiritual weapon. Okay. On the sleeping dragon. Yep, so roll to hit with advantage. Uh, Fifteen. You get to roll a second d20 if you want. Okay. And you keep whatever result is higher. Um... 15 would still be, 15 still stands. Okay. Uh, was that the roll or the hit in total? That was the roll. So then you add your proficiency and your casting mod to that. All right. Okay. So, so 19. Okay. You hit it. Roll damage. Awesome. Roll for damage. It's what? Like 2d6 or something? 11. Right on. All right. That, sorry. That, the, that damage wakes up the the dragon, but it's a good hit. Uh, it is still prone, though. Awesome. Actually, I don't think that four-legged things can be prone. No, it's... No, it's prone. Pahukwi. 
All right. Um, am I still raging? Yes. Fantastic. And this thing is still prone? Yep. Okay, cool. Um, am I able to get within five feet of it? Yes. I want to get within five feet of it, and I designate it as my ancestral protector target. Okay. What does uh, that which mean? Which means that uh, it hinders it uh, when it attempts to evade me. So, uh, until uh, my rage ends, the chosen creature has disadvantage on any attack roll that does not target me. And if it disengages, its speed is halved. Okay. That's so cool. So the Ancestral uh, Guardian Entourage sort of leaps off of your back and starts to hold down the, the dragon. Awesome. Um, I'm going to next uh, take my glaive and um is its neck like down or is it like rousing no it, yeah it's or? its head is up it's awake now it's just still prone all right i'm gonna bring it in for an upward swing towards the underbelly scales of its neck okay go ahead 18 that'll hit roll damage all right seven okay is that your entire uh, initiative then? Yep. All right. Next is Karak. All right. Uh, I'm gonna give myself a pep talk. Few few singed feathers. Uh, they've never hurt nobody. I uh, I still got this healing word. Okay. Wow. No, I just regained all the hit points I lost. Well, I had temporary hit points, so it wasn't that many. Uh, I'm not going to go anywhere. I'll stay where I'm at. Okay. I like getting here. And I'm going to, for my real attack, cast Moonbeam. It needs to make a save. A uh, constitution save. DC what? Uh, I'll say DC is uh, 13. All right, it passes that. What happens? Um, it takes half as much damage, All right. which is 2d10. I'll find that out. Uh, it takes half of nine, so four. Okay. And Moonbeam stays in effect, so I have concentration up to one minute. Right, and so you'll re-roll. When does it make that save again to take damage? Um, uh, it just figured out if it's on it's, its turn or yours. Yeah, it, it just says when a creature enters the spell's area of effect. Okay. On a turn, or if it starts there, so... Uh, on its initiative, then. It, yeah. All right. Nalos, you're up. Yes. All right. So, I'm assuming I'm able to reach this if I were to run to it. Oh, Not easily. that I'm doing that quite yet. I just want to double check. Yeah, you could reach it. Okay. Um... Well, first off, I'm going to apologize in uh, Draconic for having to fight such a proud beast. <laughs> and uh, then I'm going to run up to it and take a stab with my trident okay. using the uh, bonus die. All right. So that's 
So that is a uh, 21 to hit. You got it. And that's another 10 damage. Right on. Gotta gotta give the credit to the Triton for consistency. Um, is it still alive? Yeah. I'm assuming so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm going to use my action surge. Oh, shit. Um, and take another attack? Yes. yes. Okay. That is a 22 to hit. Nice. And a 11 for damage. All right. Uh, and with that, the dragon sort of uh, shrinks in size until it is this, uh, the size of about a small dog. Um, and it's sort of standing next to what was a crack in the crack of the earth sort of slides back into the crack of the earth and the crack closes and the crowd goes wild. I uh, raise my glaive up and cheer at them back. Okay. I I take Poe's glaive and also raise it up to to the crowd. (laughs) I'm going to fly around in circles around the crowd, around the arena. All right. Yeah, no, the people love it, and you guys... Michael, in... back. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give it a nice big bow. All right. The, with the show somewhat over, the showman sort of comes back into uh, view and, and says, Well done! Well done! And that will start our testament of skill for the day. Thank you for coming out and enjoying the show. There will be another fight tomorrow. And so you guys sort of at the beck and call of cheers and applause sort of see that the gate that you walked through to get in opens and you see like people waving you all to leave. Uh, I give one more cheer towards the crowd and then leave. All right. Yeah, I leave. Okay. So you also give one more cheer to the crowd and leave. All right. So you mimic it. so uh after that all sort of happens and you guys leave the area um your group the group of the six of you specifically are all handed a letter that is sealed with a golden wax uh the symbol on it is the shape of a crooked c um with a with a pair of eagle wings behind it and uh the the cur- the courier that hands each of you these messages says, "Open it when you find the other people with it. There are six of you in total." And then so the- we were all given these like separately. Yes. Okay. But I mean, you guys are all standing in like the same area. Um. So it's pretty obvious who has it. All right. So. I mean, whatever. So I'm just going to, like, fold it up and be like, hey, who else has one of these? Like, pr- pretty loud. Right. I approach her with mine and grunt. I, I approach also... her with mine and use my words. Me <laughs> too. I walk on up, and I also thank her for the words of encouragement that, uh, Help me strike true at the dragon. 
<laughs> no problem. I, I also approach Vala and thank her for her words of encouragement as I also helped kill that dragon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be so good. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm looking right, forward so... to you guys like leaving a lord's hall and like the lord says and it was wonderful for you all to help us and just Necro turns around and bows and it was very wonderful to help you or something like that. <laughs> Alright, so uh, you guys uh, do you open the letters since you all sort of congregated? Yeah, I count down. Okay guys, one, two, three, open and then I break the seal. I cracked mine open before she finished. (laughs) (laughs) All right. As each of you crack open the letters, uh, a magic circle forms, and the six of you are all raptured in light. Uh, And then as the light disappears, you're in another place entirely. Uh, It's not like somewhere you haven't been. It's that feast hall that you were in yesterday. Um, And you see the same man, Chet, sitting on his uh, large throne-like chair, and he sort of leans forward, clapping his hands, and says, I saw you in the ter- in the testament today. Well fought on all parts. There's a reason that only the six of you were given letters of recommendation to see me, and the others were not. You were not alone in valor out there, but you six have impressed me the most, and six is a good and fitting number for the task I have at hand. Before we go any further, please, and he sort of raises his hand and a pair of chairs raise from the ground and he sort of begins to walk down the small stair uh, level to reach you. Please, have a seat. I wish to know who you all are more. All right. Yeah, take a seat. Are there any chairs that are about my size or are they all like similar sizes? The chair that that appeared right next to you is your size. Fantastic. I, I in it. Yeah, same for everybody. I, I flip my chair around backwards and sit in backwards because I don't like the backs of the chairs on my wings. Oh, there was no back on your chair. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I thought you were just about to have a wrap with champ. <laughs> yeah, please like, turn your hat around. <laughs> so, uh, as he approaches you all, he's maybe less than five feet from your group. He sort of uh, raises from the ground another chair for him to sit in. His more lavish than yours, but... Um, and he says, so who is it that I would have work for me? And are you interested in working for me? Well, what does the work entail? Ah, an excellent question, but a question that I cannot divulge entirely the answer to off the break. I have to know if you're even interested before I give away, well, special informations. That seems like a backwards way of doing things. (laughs) I don't know. I'd kind of like to know what heroes I'm hiring before I give them secret information. I put my hands behind my back and just lean back in the chair and put my my feet up on the table. Okay. As I ponder his question. You do so and recognize all too late as you've committed to bodily that there's no table. (laughs) (laughs) So so therefore I fall back on my ass. Uh, Well, I don't know. Give me a deck save. (laughs) <laughs> you fought a dragon once your next battle is the table <laughs> yeah. is that um d8 no everything starts at the d20 d20 word oh god 10 and that's your total 
it's plus a, my dexterity modifier, yeah. then it'd be thirteen. Okay, so you can you realize what you've done almost too late. Uh, you sort of squawkingly adjust yourself and plant your feet firm, but everyone is immediately aware of what you did. <laughs> okay. I laugh. I think I think that all was in character. <laughs> so I saw him once at a tavern. So Chet sort of says, "Allow me to be honest. Then, is there anyone here that is not interested in working for me?" The baseline I can tell you, if it truly matters, is that there inevitably will be lives lost, lives saved, and great deeds done, both in the light of the sun and in the shadow of the moon. I stamp my hoof and say, I'm in. Unknown danger? Mystery? Yes. I stamp Poehui's hoof with my claws and stamp it on the ground and say, I'm in as well. <laughs> I take my hoof back. Nalos <laughs> <laughs> graciously accepts. I'm going to extend my hand and wing around the Hokui and uh, go for it as well. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, everyone but the furball? Oh, yeah. I nod and say I. Alright. says, Well then, my name is Chet. You will know my full name when you reach my home and the true task that I have set before you. But, for the moment, your first challenge, which might be your most arduous, although let's hope not, is come to my abode. I own a manor in the large forest in just south of here, past the marshes. But before you get to the great city of Yao, it will not be difficult to find me, but it will be difficult to reach me. I will be there well well ahead, and I hope that when you arrive, you find... I hope that you find what I have set before you to be good accommodations. I expect to see you within what is only reasonable as two months, but I understand that it might take you longer than that. So, he sort of extends a hand out to um, whoever's sitting in the middle... And then sort of from his robe sleeve, a fan of arms extend one to each of you. <laughs> I, uh, I hesitate for a second, and then I go in for a very trepidatious handshake. Good, good call. I, uh, I grab one of his hands and shake it enthusiastically. Okay. Perhaps too much. I shake with the wrong hand, and then I'm being correct. Go for the double handshake. I grab his hand and put my other hand on top of his and shake it. Okay. Yeah. And the lieutenant cult like springs out. And... Uh, Necro, I I, uh, I give instead of shaking the hand, I give it a fist bump. Okay. He reciprocates the fist bump. Alos also does the two hand handshake. It's at this exact moment that all of you realize that his hand is bony, like notably bony. And as you pull your hands away, you realize that there is a mark of, of light magic on your palm that has that same crooked C with wings behind it. He says, you are now in my employ. Those marks upon your hands have no mark of harm or of grace to you. They simply will define you as a representative of myself. Use it only when it's necessary or when asked for. 
I trust that you will take that power with grace. So, with that, I will be leaving the campus, the, the fairgrounds post-haste to make accommodations available to you when you reach my manor. I look forward to your presence, and may the road be, well, may you find the road, at least. And with that, he sort of uh, stands up, dusts his thighs off, and as he turns to walk away, uh, he sort of leaves almost like an afterimage trail of himself uh, in his wake. And with that, the sort of flames and torches dim for a moment, and when they rekindle and the light fills the room again, Chet is nowhere to be seen. Cool. Well, that was neat. I'll be right back. Sure. In fact, um, you know what? This is a good time. Let's take a quick fiver because I need to get some more water. All right. Cool. Right. So, as the lights flicker back on and Chet is nowhere to be seen, you see that there is a small chest um, on the ground in front of the group of you. Uh, And on it is a small note that says, To my latest employees. I reach for the letter and uh, read it out loud. Uh, You just unfold it and there's a small key dangling from a string that's looped through the paper and it just says, to my most recent employees. Well, I put the um, key like on the loop around my neck so that I'm wearing it and then look at it from there. Look at what from there? The key. Oh, it's a relatively reasonably sized ornate key. It seems to be made out of some manner of brass or something like that. Uh, it's not embellished with jewels or anything like that. It just is a pretty regular looking key. I try to open the chest. It is locked. <laughs> hey, you think <laughs> that goes to it? Uh, fine. My first thought was that it went to his, like, house place and I was going to keep it safe. But I guess it might go to this chest that's right here. So I try to open it, try to open the chest using the key. Well, wouldn't you know, Dungeoneering 101, the key fits. (laughs) And the chest chest opens. Inside is a small map case with a sort of shoulder strap. A small... Uh, sort of pan flute-like instrument. Ooh. And that is made out of bone. <laughs> the bard's eyes go from interesting to whoa. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, sorry. Map case, uh, bone pan flute, um, a small circular device that has a little pin on it that's rotating in a circle and or could rotate in a circle, but is pointing south. Uh, or at least you can determine it as such, considering it has N-S-W-E and is pointing towards the S. And uh, underneath it is a series of, what is there, six of you? Six scrolls mm. All right. that are wrapped up. Uh, I reach in to the chest and I take one of the six scrolls. Okay. It has the same wax uh, sort of um, 
sigil on it in the same sort of gilded wax with the crooked C and the wings behind it. Uh, I lift it up, indicating it to all of you guys, and I go, same time. Uh, yeah. I tried to do this before, so no. When he counts down, I'm going to do it early. Damn, uh, I was hoping you would count down. <laughs> I reach in and grab uh, one of the six, I guess one of the remaining five scrolls, and look at everyone and say, same time? <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna uh, grab one out of the chest and, like, nod. I just, I just open mine. <laughs> <laughs> I say, that's more like it, and open mine. Alright. As everyone opens their scroll, yep. you see it's, the interior is reflective, and you see your own face. But your face is not your own. It's a mirror by the look of things, but as you sort of make eye contact with yourself on this inside of this scroll, you see yourself in the in the reflection go like this. And then in, in your own voice, you hear the paper say, take me away from the others. I have a message for you from Chet. Okay. All right. I roll mine back up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Roll instead. Okay. Uh, so who grabs the map case or, or the compass? Or... I want the compass. Okay, you grab the compass. I pick up the pan flutes. Okay. I guess I'll take the map case. All right. You realize the map case is very straightforward. It is a map case with a, uh open and close release lock button. Uh, and inside is a very useful but uh, low detail version of the map of the entirety of Yalzar. Uh, just the major island? No, no, no. The entirety of Yalzar, not just Majora. <laughs> so you can see the whole world on that map, and you can see that there is a small wax drop on the in near the middle of the forest south of your location, past the marshes. Probably indicative of where you should be heading. Okay. All right. Um, is there or is there anything special about the uh, pan flute? Yeah, it seems like it has the right amount of holes for you to sort of uh, meticulously craft all kinds of notes through. Um, but without more time with it, it's hard to say if it's anything more than just a series of pipes fashioned from bone sinewed together okay um i also want to uh roll a like history check to see if i recognize this uh crooked c wings in the back okay go for it make what what kind of check are you making i got an 18 okay Uh, oh but i'm gonna use jack of all trades to make it a 19 I think that's how that works. Half my initiative I get to add to any skill check. Yeah. Pretty sure. I'm not doubting you, but I've never actually seen this used correctly. Add half uh, your prof- add ha- half your proficiency bonus rounded down to any ability check 
that doesn't make that doesn't already include your proficiency bonus. So are you proficient in history? I'm not. Okay, then yeah. Okay, so nineteen. Um, you know, this is clearly Chet's lordish signet. This is clearly a symbol through his house, uh, and you're familiar <laughs> of what that can mean. You also know that most crests don't employ wings in the back unless they are or were conquesters. Uh, the C is probably indicative of his name, but outside of that, you know who you could talk to, uh, and you know where you could find the information in a library, but you don't have the materials on hand to do so. All right. Uh, any other checks or investigations to perform with the materials that you all just received? Not for me. Okay. No. Nope. I mean, I want to look more at this compass. Okay. Um, I cast detect magic on it. I just had that as a furbolg treat. Uh, this compass is very magical. <laughs> cool. Can I tell what? She did that. She cast detect magic. If you make an arcana check, yes. Okay. Uh, seven. She did some kind of magic. Can't tell what. Okay. And same with you. Having cast detect magic on this device, you can tell what school of magic was used on it um, with an arcana check. And if you score very high, you can even tell what spell is on the item. Um, I mean, that is the last bit of magic I know pretty much. So I'm just going to... Well, what I'm saying is as a, as a skill check, you can perform an arcana check on it. Okay. Ooh, okay. 15, and Oh, it's got divination magic on it. Okay. Well, I don't know what that means. So now I'm going to hold it out to the group and say, hey, so this is has some kind of divining magic on it. Can somebody explain more of this to me before I put it on my person, please? You are looking at the wrong yak for an answer. <laughs> Because all I know about it so far is that I can stab people in the eye with a sharp end. And There's no sharp end. Hopefully that'll do something. And that it could, that like spun around. I thought that I could like wear it. No, it's a compass. Okay. And it's pointing south. Correct. -ish. Yep. Um, I, so it's broken. I would hazard a guess that it's pointing towards the dot on the map that I'm holding. Can we see if that is true? Can I make a check for that? Sure. You can give uh, me what, an what, what, arcana check. Okay. 16. So, with a 16, you can deduce that there is specifically the divination spell Locate Object cast on this compass 
changing it from normally pointing towards north, but this compass specifically points you towards an object. Uh, I'm going to hold out my uh, the pan flute and be like, oh, do this next. <laughs> I'm going to shrug and say, sorry, I, I can't. Unless you all want to wait like 30 minutes. To do that again, I got to take a nap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, later. Just tuck it back. None of the other magic people have to take magic. Not until after no. all the rest. Yeah, the druid's out of spells, man. He was throwing ma- all kinds of heals out there. That's true. Well, I mean, what do you guys do with the rest of your day? Um. Well, I mean, we're about to go on a long journey together. So we should either get some sleep before we leave or get to know each other, preferably at some sort of tavern with drinks. <laughs> I said it was about two months away from us, down to Chet's house. He said that that's how long he expected it would take you. I lick my lip, I lick my beak, and <laughs> say I could use a drink. All right. Um, yeah. yeah, tavern. Sure. All right, so you guys head into the town proper of Port Clamara and uh, find yourself in a tavern in no time flat. Um, as you sort of begin to enter the tavern, you hear the hurried footsteps uh, behind you. And um, uh, it's the same courier that delivered the notes to you before. And he says, sort of huffing and puffing as he stops you all. Says, Master Chet wanted me to give you this so you can help ease your travel south. And he sort of holds forward a uh, very clearly pouch filled with gold coin. All right, now we're talking. Yay! I hold out my hand. It's probably bigger than the other hands, so I really hope that he puts them in mine. I mean, he's—it's—it's it's a pretty <laughs> bulbous sack. Like he can't just like put it in your hand. If he does, it'll like flop over. I put out two hands. I count as a large-sized creature when it comes to this. So he's giving us like a cartoonish sack of money. Somewhat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to reach out and take it. Okay. From his hand. <laughs> All right. You take it. <laughs> All right. Uh, inside is 300 gold coins, f- 50 to the each of you. And inside is a small rolled up note that says, for supplies and ease of travel. Uh, so are we dividing this gold, or is it like a joint party deal? <laughs> I don't think we has it right now. And we don't really... He, he's looked in it, but I guess we don't know what's in it. Oh, okay, that's fair. Maybe this is one of those sit down at a table with a drink and decide. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
turn around with my sack, <clears throat> and uh, I go inside the tavern. I follow the sack of gold. Yep. Yep. Great call. My hands are still out. Uh, <laughs> as you, <laughs> as you guys uh, walk in, a uh, server walks by and sees the large bag of gold coins and goes, "Oh, please sit anywhere you all wish." <laughs> I uh, I smirk and uh, is there a nice like secluded uh, like protagonisty corner for us? <laughs> <laughs> the server looks you dead in the face and says, "For two gold, sir, we can give you a room, and we will bring service of food and drink to the room." Uh. For two gold, I'm going to give her two of my own gold from my own pocket instead of two gold from the uh, sack. Okay. To do that. She takes the two two gold coins, bows, uh, and immediately skirts off to go. And uh, she sort of says something pretty loudly, although not shouting it, in Elven to the uh, bartender. Does anyone here speak Elven? Nope. Yes. I do. Nope. I also closed the bag. Uh, good call. Um, so the one person who understands Elvin, you hear her say, we have a big spender, room service, room one. And uh, soon enough, she returns with a key and points you up the stairs to tell you the first door on the left is your room. Uh, a proper table and a round of drinks will be brought to you as soon as you, uh, as soon as a, as able. I go in. Yep. yep. Upstairs. Yep. Okay. Upstairs to the room. So what what you're what you're walking into is a pretty respectable in room. Um, I mean, if there was four of you, it'd be pretty comfortable to sleep in for a night. Uh, but with the six of you and looking for a table to sit around, uh, that, that you find the space a little wanting. Um, no one's like standing next rubbing shoulders, but you don't have a lot of room to like sort of walk around or pace or anything. Two of us are also super big. Well, also that. Three of us. So a moment later, um, a pair of of helping hands come in with a large circular table and bring it in to the center of the room. And you see them sort of fold up the the beds to go parallel with the walls. Uh, That really opens the room up. A moment later, a series of chairs are brought, along with uh, a couple pitchers of ale and a, two bottles of wine. Um, this this trend continues until you're all sat with a glass of your favored uh, alcohol, and food is being brought up. Not not short after. All right. And as so. the after the food gets brought up, the first servant you met says, if there'll be anything else, just give a shout out the door. We will leave you to privacy. And she closes the door. All right. Uh, I sit my sack on the middle of the table. Okay. All right. Uh, I grab a bottle of wine and pop the cork open and take a swig and then pass it to whoever is to my left. Okay. So two months... Two months. So, two months. <laughs> so, how will we travel? 
I will let you guys RP this out. I'll be right back. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So, uh, who has that uh, map? I do. I'll lay it out on the table for everyone. Okay. Okay. Uh, so... We are in the northernmost point of Yelzar Majora. I believe, anyway. There's there's yes. two dots on the map, and I think we're at the one the, on... The one on the left. Yeah. Port Clamara. Yeah. Huh. Well, I'm sure... I'm just going to be the first person to say it. Uh... Mm. I know it's going to cut time down if we take the uh, L-Rail. L-Rail. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But, personally, I would be against that. Yeah, the L-Rail is pretty expensive. Although, you know, I wouldn't know how much it costs. I just came to this continent. <laughs> Noticing we've got uh, some rivers that run down or next to the, the rainforest there. We can see about walking away and taking a boat. Well, if we go to the rainforest, that's where my people are from. So we're not the best with boats, but I'm sure who is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, Ellerail, it's, it's, yeah, that's why we got the 50 gold, right? Or the mysterious amount of gold that I do not know. Um, it doesn't look like it really goes near there. There's a there's a stop along it just south of the mountains. That's so the, where is it we're headed? To the forest. So it's kind of in the center of the, uh, the continent. Okay, there. to the forest. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was the marshlands. We have to go through the marshland. Okay. Well, if we were walking. So, it sounds to me like our choices are going to be <clears throat> LRL, uh, <laughs> or by foot, or we could hop a boat of some sort uh, and traverse down the river. Possibly, uh, I'm pointing to, uh, are you guys all looking at the map online? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I point to the river and point to how there's one river that kind of goes a little bit uh, towards the mountains mm-hmm. on the border of the uh, snowy territory. Mm-hmm. My point: mm-hmm. we could take it all the way to the ends of the river here, get off and go by foot the rest of the way into the forest. I think that sounds like a good idea. Where are we uh, now? Yeah. We're. Uh, we are north of the marsh at the left uh, dot, right below the word Yal in Yal's army. Okay. Oh, gosh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Uh, I make, uh, like, train noises, like, and then I shake my head no. So I'm against taking the Ella rail. <laughs> I've come up to see the world, not to watch it whiz past on a train. <laughs> yes. I give you I a hearty pat on the home, back. So let's... <laughs> yeah, let's let's take a boat in between the rainforest and the marshes and over to the in. mountains. Yeah. Uh, I grab the second bottle of wine, pop it over, take a swig, and pass it to the person to my right. 
I'll be the person to your right. But I take it anyways. (laughs) (laughs) I have longer arms. There's too many tall people in this. But I, uh, I like the idea of taking the river passage all the way to the mountains and walking on foot. Yep. All right. Or by mount. We could always, uh, buy, you know, mounts or whatever. One of them four-legged hoof things? Mm-hmm. Very uh, good. The other reason why we got that mysterious bag of gold that I haven't seen inside of yet. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Mm. All right. So it sounds like we're discussing the most. Most of us are saying take the river to the mountains and move south, or possibly move by uh, beasts of burden. Yeah. 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 There's saying if we took, I'm assuming that little dots are all towns or establishments at some point. That's Probably. my understanding. Yeah. Do you think we could? Best thing can we buy mounts in almost every place, every city we stop in, every town? Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, I would think so. Hmm. I don't know why I'm answering. Yeah. Because if we go on the other end of the river that goes toward the like the rainforest and then go south a little bit we can get mounts there and take mounts the rest of the way but i don't know if that makes any sense do you want to hear what we're thinking so far Jason? um you are muted yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i sure was um uh, well i don't need to know all the context just give me the skinny what do you guys want to do we are going to go down the river Okay. Um, on foot, you know, take the river in between the rainforest and the marshes, follow it all the way down to the mountains, um, and then go on foot the rest of the way. Okay. How long might that take us? Anyone got survival? Um. Yes. Yeah. Nope. And that's my homeland for part of it. Ish. Mm, 12. Yeah, actually, I got 12, too. I mentioned a 17. Uh, 19. All right, the 17 and the 19 will tell you more, but everyone would know that it would probably take you about like eight or nine days to reach the river uh, on foot, and obviously half that or more, or or half that or less on... uh, horseback but um this is where uh the yak sort of loses out to the triton knowledge um nalo sort of chimes in well if we're traveling the entirety of that river to and ending in the tundra towards the mountain range it would probably be about two weeks on boat or barge reasonable. That's about three weeks to get all the way to the mountains. Right. That's not bad. And then a month to get from the mountains to his place. Okay. Yeah. Or how long to get from the mountains to the uh, dot on the map if we walked? How far from there to there? Uh, yeah, from the house to the 
end of the river? Probably two to two, two and a half weeks. Okay. I think this sounds like a reasonable plan. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Shake okay. my head. Yes. I uh, raise my drink. Toast to it. Absolutely. Toast to it. Yep. <laughs> so none of us have looked at our scrolls away from the others yet, have we? Correct. Nope. Nope. Well, I want to do that. So. So, um, how this is going to work is, I'm going to pause the recording. And then I'm going to tell everyone to leave. So I'm going to pause the recording and get everyone to give me their phone numbers. I think I have most of you already. Um, in fact, let me just check. I think I might actually have everybody. Uh, Why don't you just send us Facebook messages, babe? Ugh. Fine. <laughs> so I'll make a Facebook chat for the party. And then I will systematically invite one of you at a time back to just re-click the same link to come back into this Google Hangout. Okay. And we'll do the role play for each of your scrolls. Okay. Okay. Uh, recorded? Like, okay. recording all of our individual stuff? Yeah, I'll record it. Okay. Because that way, if any of you know what other people's scrolls say, then that means you intentionally sought out to know. Yeah. So. And that means that we have to listen to the recording. Well, plug the podcast. Right. (laughs) But moreover, like, you know, that's, that's the, I don't want to rob it from the listeners and I don't want to unrecord it then. So that's, I think the best way to do it. Um, Yeah. Oh, we all seem like decent people. (laughs) So, okay. We'll just say that, let's say with the end of this day, the rest of this day, you guys sort of. Uh, or sorry, did you guys even make a decision on how you were dividing up the gold? No. No, not yet. Forgot about it. Alright, well, why don't you guys handle that, or decide where you're going to spend the money on at least, and then we can divulge into single interactivities real fast, and then call it a night. So about this gold. I just started the uh, Facebook chat. Thank you. So we could either split it up between us, Fairly, mm-hmm. or keep it as one pile, but then we have to trust one of us to keep a hold of it. Uh, personally, I'm for splitting it up without having to put all of our trust into somebody that none of us have known for more than a few minutes. I agree. Sounds fair. I agree as well. I'm cool with splitting the gold up evenly. Okay. Then I count it all out. All right, it's 300 gold coins uh, done in platinum. Oh, what, what's oh my god? What's the conversion from gold to platinum? <laughs> platinum is worth. Uh, oh, actually, no, uh, it's done in electrum. Shoutouts to uh, Austin Brown. Um, <laughs> He hates he hates Electrum and I it cracks me up. Elect one Electrum is five gold, so uh let's see if you guys so it's fifty times five. Yeah. 50. No, it's, it's 
Electrum is less than a gold. Oh, that's right. Electrum is five silver. Uh, and Platinum oh. is ten gold. So, fuck it. We're just going to do it in gold coins. It's 300 gold coins. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was so much math. I was about to ask if we were actually doing 3.5. <laughs> Roasted. Okay, so you want us all to leave? Yeah, um, who does anyone want to go first? Does anyone need to go first? Because this could take a little while, so. Um, no, it's fine. I'm going to go there, Rush. Alright. Uh, I, if we're, if this is where we're ending this um, part of the campaign, and then you're going to do the single stuff, and then that's it for the night, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I'd like to get mine out of the way if possible. Sure. Because after the campaign, I got some stuff to do tonight. Gotcha. All right. Well, then I'll do Andrew first and then just keep an eye on the chat over the course of the next hour. Um, and if um, you see me. You go ahead and do me last. Okay. Uh, what it, I, I, don't think, I don't think I took anything out of the, the chest. No. You, uh, oh, this okay. Now yeah, yeah. We're talking about the scrolls. Got yep. it. Got it. So uh, just keep an eye on the chat, um, and I'll try and buzz you guys in. I don't imagine each of these will take more than five to ten minutes, but they could each take five to ten minutes. So, All right, gotcha. then. Okay. Well, while we still have everyone here, let's outro. Um, thank you for joining us, and stay after the good night and good evening and credits for special solo ventures with me, your Dungeon Master, Kenny, and our party of... A barbarian. Yakety yak, please come back. A druid. Uh, goodbye. A fighter. Good night, everyone. A warlock. Yakety yak, please come back. <laughs> oh, that's never going to get old, unfortunately. A rogue. Until next time. And a bard. Been fun. All right. Good night. All right. So the first of the solo sessions is with uh, the Pahokui, the Yak Folk Barbarian. So you pe- you peel away from the rest of your party to reconvene with your scroll uh, and sort of unveil it. And the same sort of thing happens where it's a mirrored image of your face and sort of finger to the lips, shush and then sort of looks around as if it's physically in that space and sort of shakes itself and reveals itself to be a uh, tiefling woman uh, in very nice uh, attire. And she says, after my face disappears, I want you to write on this scroll what you want from Mr. Chet as payment for your services. And then I will return and tell you what you will have to do between now and arriving at the manor to ensure that. And at that, her face disappears. All right. What you want, right? What you want is payment uh, on the scroll. Right. So, you know, do you just want money? Do you want power? Like, think about what your character wants. Great. Um, 
do you need me to give you that answer now? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, he wants fame among his people. Okay. Heroic fame. Very specific. Mm-hmm. Heroic fame. Okay. And so her face reappears after you write that, and she goes, Very well, then. You will need to bring him a trophy from a sworn martial enemy of yours that you have done ba- that you will do battle with. You will then also need to bring him a leader of blood. It can be from whatever, but a leader of blood. The more sentient the being, the better. Okay, one leader of blood. And is that it? That's all he asks? I mean, you will be doing other things for him as well. Yeah. But for for specifically that reward, he requires those things. Okay. And remember, the more powerful you want this to be, the more sentient the creature the blood must come from, and the, the deeper the grudge you must have with your slain opponent. All right. Well then, if there's anything else, or if there's nothing else, I bid you good luck. I uh, give my head a little bow to her on the scroll, and then I roll it back up. Alright, and as she disappears, you just see that the scroll says, like, um, you know, I, Pahokwi, have vowed to bring a trophy from a slain enemy and a leader of blood to my master Chet at which time he will reward me with my desire and then there's like the blank line that says heroic fame with my people oh my god horrific fame what are you trying to do to me (laughs) alright you good yeah that's it alright cool that's it bye our second solo RP is with Necro the warlock so hey what's up guys you pull yourself away from the rest of your party and unfurl your scroll. Uh, and the same mirrored image is there that you saw before with your face. It puts a finger up to its beak to shush and then looks back and forth to make sure that the coast is clear as if it was sharing the same space as, as you were, or as with you. And then the face sort of wipes away and you are seen, you, you see a tiefling woman uh, in very fine dress and she says... So, when my face disappears, write down you, what it is you want to be paid with by Master Chet. Do you understand? Yes, I understand. She nods her head, and the mirror image sort of disappears, and you see that there's a contract there now, and uh, there's like a line for what you want to be paid in. So think about what you what your character would want, and you could I mean you could ask for gold uh, or or anything like mm-hmm. that. But what would your character want the most? Okay, and just I'm just saying that out loud. Yeah, you just write it down on the contract and say it out loud to the listeners. Okay. Um, 
I want to know the answer to the question that I've been that I've been searching for my whole life, and that would be, um, why is it that I was that? Why is it why why is it that my taken away from me? Why was flight taken away from you? Okay. Do you want to be able to fly or just to have the answer to that question? Both, but I know that I, just because of my class, will be able to get that, hence why I went to the Warlock Arts. Doesn't answer why um, I was, you know, cursed with this inability to be true to myself. Okay. As uh, you write that down, the mirror image comes back and the tiefling woman is there before you again. And she says, now for you to receive that from master Chet, you will have to personally between now and then you will have to do something, but before you see him again, the rest of your allies will not know and they cannot be involved. Do you understand? I nod. Yes. You must Bring to Chet an amount of wealth equal to 100 gold that you stole. Also, you must, okay. you must find a secret that would hurt someone dearly if it got out and release the secret publicly. Do you understand? I understand. Very good, then. Do those two things before you reach the manor. And um, when you are eventually paid, what you have asked will be part of it. I understand. Very good. Be well. All right. Our third solo RP session is with... Um, oh. So, you peel yourself away from the rest of your party and unfurl your scroll again. And in the same sort of situation, you see on the paper uh, a mirrored version of yourself looking around and putting a shh whisper and looking around almost as if they're right there with you and can see the surroundings. And then uh, sort of wipes its face away, revealing that it's actually a tiefling woman dressed in very fine clothes. And she says to you, so you will be set upon a series uh, or an amount of particular tasks because each of you will be receiving a special reward from Master Chet. You, may, you must not receive assistance with your, from your allies directly to do this, although you can manipulate them to help you. So, what, okay. is, what is it that you desire the most that you would want to be paid for by Master Chet? Um, I desire uh, a full and hearty adventure. I want uh, songs sung of it. Songs I write mostly. So far and wide. So legacy. You want to be a legend. Yes. Of the greatest caliber. Of course. Why bother otherwise? Uh, 
She then continues. Oh, sorry. She says, write that down. And her so the image fades away. And in her stead is a contract. And you sort of see, like, you know, I, Vala, blah, 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 working for Master Chet will, you know, desire the expected payment of, and then there's like a blank line that you write legacy or, you know, however you want to word it. Right. Um, becoming a legend. And then after that happens, it fades back to her face and she says, to achieve this additional task or to, to achieve this extra reward, you will be put upon a special task. Master Chet, upon your arrival to the manor, will expect to find the following done. You must... You must find someone of note along your travels and sully their name. And in a separate location, you must sow distrust amongst at least four people that trust each other. Is that clear? Distrust among four people that trust each other? Yes. Mr. Chet might want with these outcomes? Well, he wants you to do them so that he can give you what you want. If you were a normal person simply requesting gold or money or simple power like that, then he has those things. But to receive something, there must be a cost. And so you must cost within others what you desire for yourself. Hmm. Okay. The greater the disappointment that you cause in these people's lives, the greater your reward shall be. Um, and if I were for some reason to uh, fail to fulfill these um, requests, what would happen? You would simply not receive your reward. Okay. So I assume... I read the contract and that's what it says. There's no like catches or no, there's nothing. There's no loophole like gotcha. Now I have your soul or anything like that. Okay. Well, uh, sure. I'll go ahead and sign. Okay. Um, but, uh, I guess, uh, just for, um, note, I am uh, quite concerned at the, uh, sort of unsavory no, no i'm not speaking this to the tiefling okay it's just like my uh inner thoughts is uh, a little concerned about the unsavory requests but it's not automatically a deal breaker maybe i can ruin somebody's reputation who's actually a bad guy things to consider all right all right then we're good all right thank you um scroll does it just go dull or so it just reverts to its form of a contract okay um and with you know it all being laid out as a template clearly um except your name is in there what you want is in there and what you're having to do 
to receive it is in there. All right. Well, I will roll it up and stow it away in my packs. All right. Then we're good then. Any other questions? All right. Um, nope. All right. Well, good luck. Our fourth in-person our solo session is with uh, Leonara, the rogue. So you peel away from the rest of your party at some point over the course of the day of festivities of drinking and eating and talking about the travel plans. And uh, you unfurl the scroll and you can see your own face mirrored on the paper and sort of puts a finger up to its lips, shh, looks left to right as if it can see the hall that you're standing in or wherever you're standing. And show it around. Sort of wipes its face away and reveals itself to be a very beautiful tiefling woman in very fine dress. And she says, So, you are to serve Master Chet, and you will be gifted a special reward should you provide additional services. What is it that you desire? I would like to know something for my community. And I'm not even sure what it is that I need to be asking and what knowledge it is that I seek. So at this point, I would like a direction to go to look. For... Or just step somewhere, what I should take next. For whatever it is that is uh, threatening and, and harming my community back home. So knowledge of a threat or eradication of it? Eradication, if you could, would be great. But I would like to do it, if possible. That would help me with my people more than coming in after the final blow has been struck, so to speak. Well, I think that would be certainly attainable. Uh, We could certainly achieve that. Hang on. Now, uh, and so, so she sort of fades away, and a contract appears on the page in letters. Uh, and it's your name, and it says, In service of Master Chet, I expect to be rewarded in compensation uh, of the additional expectations thereof. And it's like the erase of threat to family home or to clan home with the glory of resolution being my own. Perfect. And then she sort of fades back in and she says, so with that being your request, you will have to, in addition to what you're already expecting and to be compensated for separately, you will need to do something extra for Master Chet. Well, as expected. You will need to bring the end of life to four innocent lives. Everything has a cost, and what you're asking has a cost, and that cost is the life of four innocents. Four specific innocents, or four innocents that I choose myself? Of your choosing, but they must be innocent. Okay. And we will know. That is a reasonable set of restrictions. Okay. 
do I assume that my compatriots are having similar conversations? Are there going to be a lot of uh, prices to be paid throughout our journey? All I will all I will tell you is every one of you has one of these scrolls, and all of you are making choices. And you may not receive the direct assistance with any of your tasks from your allies. They can help you in some regard. You cannot receive direct assistance from any of your companions in your tasks. You can receive indirect assistance, but not direct. Okay. Is that clear? Yes. Well then, to erase the threat to your homeland, you will have to provide the de- the end of life to four innocents, and this will be expected to be completed before you reach the manor. Understood. Must they be human, or must they be... Uh... They must be sentient and alive and aware. We don't want you crushing four flowers for we are going to be helping you take the life of far greater beings. That is true. Why four? Was that a random number, or is that significant to the threat of my home? Master Chet has his reasons. Okay. Well, then, if there's nothing else, sign the contract and stow it away. So she sort of fades away the contract in full is re- is read the part of you being compensated what you asked for and then the cost being there as well okay all right and so that that contract fades away too or i have a copy of that you it, yeah the 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 contract stays and for you to keep i don't want my companions to know would it be okay if i were to burn it or eat it or something? You don't know. The, the, the tiefling woman isn't there anymore. Okay, well then I set it on fire. Uh, it doesn't burn. I try to rip it up. Every time you rip it, it reforms. I stuff it in my mouth and try to chew and swallow it. Uh, you can't keep it down and you vomit it up. <laughs> okay. Well, I rinse it off as best I can and begrudgingly stick it in my pocket. Okay. All right. Then we're all good then. Yep. All right. See you later. So at some point over the course of the day, while everyone's discussing logistics and what supplies to go and purchase, uh, you all, uh, you find yourself the time to pull away from the rest of the party and pull out your con- the, the scroll you have. Uh, in seclusion. Uh, it has that same mirrored surface, so you see your own face, except puts a lip, uh, finger up to its beak and sort of looks back and forth as if checking to make sure the coast is clear. And then sort of wipes your face away and reveals a very beautiful tiefling woman in very fine dress. And she says, So... You will be working for Master Chet, and you will be performing tasks for him in, a, in compensation you will be receiving. However, you will be at the opportunity to perform an additional task 
at the, re- the reward of your choosing. So, what is it that you desire? Hmm. Well. Desire to be closer to nature. Very well. Is that all? Yes. Very well, then. Uh, so her face fades away, and the scroll reveals itself to be a contract. It has your name, and that you desire to be closer with nature. Um, as that for it fades away, her face comes back into view, and she says, So, to receive that additional compensation, you must perform an additional task for Master Chet. So, you will have to find and end the lives of three people who bring great harm to nature. Okay. You may not receive direct assistance from your allies in this task. And the more powerful or more impactful those deaths are, the more bountiful your reward will be. Do you find these amenable? Yes. Very well, then. Sign the contract and keep it safe. Uh, Master Chet will expect this task to be completed before you reach the manor. I understand. Uh, At that point, her face fades back away. The contract reveals itself in full with a line for you to sign. Sign it. Okay. Well, if there's nothing else, then we're good, man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that works alright very good catch you later see you later Hey, bud. Oh, wow. I just realized I left that recording. Well, I'm going to have to fix that. What's that? Two minutes, two hours, 16 minutes in? Anyway. (laughs) You good? Yeah. All right. So, you managed to pull yourself away from the rest of the party um, at one point or another. And open up the scroll again. And inside it's the same reflective source. You see your own face look to you and put a finger over its lips and say, shh. And it looks left and right and checks to see that the coast is clear. And sort of washes your face away with their hand and reveals that they are actually a very beautiful uh, tiefling woman with very fine dress. And she says, so, working for Master Chet... You will be receiving tasks and receiving, in turn, compensation, like you and the rest of your allies. However, this scroll is a contract of opportunity for you to claim a specific and much more personal reward. What would you desire amongst all else? 
seek to find information on where my sister went. Hmm, very well. This will be doable, but you will have to perform a task in turn. Uh, and so her face sort of melts away, and, and in its place is half of a contract. It says your name, and that you want information of your sister's location uh, in speciality. And so she reappears and says, So, to receive that information... You will have to do something special for Master Chet. You will need to prevent one of your other allies from performing their sake, their special task. Okay. So you will have to find out what it is and prevent them from doing it. And we will know if it was your hand that stayed them or otherwise. Understood. Is there uh, any other details that I should know? It must be you and exclusively you that stops the, the, the task from being completed. You may receive only indirect assistance from your other allies. And this will be completed upon your arrival at the manor. Just a second. I'm typing down these notes. And with that, her face wipes away and reveals the full contract with, you know, what you want and what the cost is and a line for you to sign your name. So that must be done before we make it to the manor. That's manor. All right. Nalos is a little apprehensive about doing this, but he desperately wants to know what happened to Belthin. So he carefully signs his name okay. at the bottom of the contract. And just before you close it, she says, keep it with you and keep it safe. Okay. All right. Do you have any other questions or are you good? Uh... I guess, did everybody accept their contract? Dude, I don't have a way of knowing this, I guess. Not really. You don't. Okay. All right, bud. All right. Thank you for joining. Thank you. All right. So this is just the DM now. If you've made it this far and you've listened to the contracts that all of the players have signed, I hope you enjoyed it. I look forward to whatever uh, despair or disorder gets sown with that, and I look forward to seeing how the players handle it moving forward. Thank you for joining us once again. I have, as always, been your Dungeon Master, and I wish you a good night.